are about to hear opinions that you may like. Then again, you might hear some that offend you. We don't apologize for that. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. Is Uncle Sam watching you? Well, maybe. Is it that big of a deal? By the way, in just a few minutes, the dust is settled from Super Tuesday. We're going to get an update and an assessment of the Democratic race to challenge President Trump. That's in about 15 minutes. I'm Mike Ferguson. Thanks for staying with us here on American Viewpoints. The Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, or FISA, is back up for a debate in Congress again. And this is kind of a secretive court that was created after 9-11, you may remember. And it allows government to access records and even tap phones under the guise of tracking terrorist suspects and other enemies. I'm joined now by Matthew Hyman. He's a senior fellow at the National Security Institute at George Mason University. Matthew, thanks so much for the time today. Great to be with you. I remember this fight over FISA years ago. And is this just a matter of it has come back up uh, under a sunset clause or have there been new developments? Obviously, there was accusations over the 2016 elections. But why are we suddenly talking about FISA and personal privacy and surveilling foreign enemies and the entire debate again? Well, you're exactly right on both counts. So on the one hand, it's coming up because there is an expiration of certain authorities under FISA. Uh, that go away on March 15th unless Congress takes some action to renew them. And and those authorities relate to uh, what is sometimes called Section 215. So the first one involves uh, the FBI's ability to get uh, business records. Uh, the second piece relates to roving wiretaps. And the third is the lone wolf provision. And because this had a deadline on it, uh, we're hearing the debate coming out of Washington right now. And then the other piece of it, which you also mentioned, um, is the controversy that came with the Carter Page FISA surveillance warrants and the Inspector's General report about that. And so these kind of two uh, trains are colliding into each other at the same time, which is why we're, we're hearing all this debate about it right now. So Congress is looking at whether or not to renew the FISA Act uh, lock, stock, and barrel, or is this a time where there's conversation about uh, reforms or, or amendments or, or tweaks or however you want to refer to it? Is that what's going on right now? Yeah, what's happening is it's it's not the entire uh, sort of FISA framework that's up for renewal. It's a piece. It, it's a couple of small pieces of it that came originally through the USA Patriot Act following 9/11, and then there was the USA Freedom Act that amended that. So. As I mentioned, there, there are kind of three provisions right now that are up for renewal or they will expire. And that the first is relates to the FBI's ability to collect business records to support investigations. And, and one type of business record that, the, that they've been traditionally able to collect are these called detail records, which are the metadata that the NSA has gathered for years. Um, that is a controversial aspect. Um, the second one relates to roving wiretaps, which is a much less controversial provision. Basically, it says instead of targeting a particular phone number or email address, we will target all um, accounts uh, or phone numbers that are associated with a particular individual. It's, it's called a roving wiretap. It can rove from phone number to phone number. That's not very controversial. I expect that to be renewed. Then the third provision that's coming up for renewal is this lone wolf provision, and that is the idea that someone may not be part of, for example, al-Qaeda, but they're inspired by al-Qaeda, and they start taking actions 
perhaps to commit a terrorist act. And traditionally under FISA, you had to show that the target was associated with this foreign organization or foreign country. And Lone Wolf Provision says, wait a minute, if someone's doing these things, we can still target them. Matthew, I can imagine whoever's listening to us right now saying, well, you know what, I'm not involved with al-Qaeda. I'm not involved with the Taliban. I'm not involved with uh, whoever. And so I don't really have to worry about it. They're not going to go after my records. But I've read some stories in the news that say, you know, something about your records or phone calls or something has probably been caught up in the metadata. So is it reasonable to say many of us or most of us have had some of our information or activities documented through these sort of federal surveillance programs? I think at the kind of at the most extreme end of it, the greatest risk that any one of us probably has is that maybe at some point, some aspect of our telephone activity was caught in a giant haystack of telephone activity that was gathered. It's unlikely that it was ever attached to our name. Um, There certainly was nothing about that activity that would involve the content of a phone call. Um, So I think the likelihood of being caught up in a FISA investigation for the average American is extremely low. It's extremely low. Now, I appreciate that we need to be vigilant about making sure uh, the FBI and the intelligence community uses the information it gets properly, that that it follows all the safeguards. And obviously what happened with Carter Page gives people a lot of concern about how these authorities are used. And so I think it's appropriate that we scrutinize um, the FBI and the intelligence community carefully. Um, But I don't think it's worth anyone really losing sleep over because, um, you know, there's so many of us and there's only so many resources the FBI and others have to uh, target uh, information gathering. And they really, truly are focused on people that they think pose a risk. Through the history of our country, through the history of every country, governments abuse power. So what are the safeguards that should be included in any reforms to make sure government is not abusing this for political reasons or for any other reasons? Well, I think there's good news on this front. So a lot of the reforms that I would argue for have already been adopted. And what happened was when that inspector general report came out in the fall, You'll recall there was a lot of concern about what happened with Carter Page, and there was concern about targeting political campaigns with FISA warrants. And following the IG's report, he made about 40 recommendations to the FBI and DOJ to tighten various things up. Uh, The FBI director, Chris Wray, immediately said, yes, we're adopting all these things, we're making these changes, and we're going to add further safeguards um, to, to make sure that we're really scrutinizing these these highly sensitive investigations. In addition to that, Attorney General Barr said, there are some additional things I want to tighten up and change, uh, essentially making, for example, any sort of investigation around a political campaign, whether it's a Democrat or Republican campaign, that that's got to come to his desk. He's got to have hands on it. It's got to be approved at the highest levels rather than allowing, you know, sort of a line-level person at the FBI to, to give that the green light. And I think those are all really positive changes that, that are, you know, worthwhile and important. So I feel a lot better about where FISA is today than I did six months ago. And so I think we're on the right track, notwithstanding whatever Congress decides to do. I think it is fair to say that the federal government, the Department of Justice, CIA, FBI, all of them still need to make their case that the people of this country need to trust them with this authority and with these resources uh, more than maybe what we trust them right now. 
Yeah, look, there's a lot of doubt out there. And it's so I I agree with you in that um, we've got to make sure the American people understand that this information, these authorities are used with great care, with great discretion. We've also got to show people that when screw ups happen, there are consequences, meaning people get fired. Uh, people are sanctioned. People are penalized, um, just as any of us would be if we did something really egregiously wrong at our, our job place. Or to maybe make it a, a more real example, if a police officer abuses his or her authority, we expect them to be punished. Well, the same should be true of members of the intelligence community or the DOJ or anywhere else. So I think what would be really important is for the American people to see some accountability. And I think to the extent that we can show that, I think that will help to rebuild the trust because the flip side of this is this tool is so critically important in terms of the intelligence that gathers for the United States, whether it comes to disrupting international terrorism plots that would do American citizens harm, whether it's gathering information on our adversaries like China and Russia, um, whether it's looking at other threats we face from nuclear proliferation. This tool gets a lot of critical intelligence, so it's important that we use it correctly and we've got it, the balance correct. Matthew, thanks so much for the uh, perspective. Uh, people want to follow what you're doing or researching. How do they do that? Yeah, um, so the National Security Institute is doing all kinds of work in this space. You can check us out at nationalsecurity.gmu for George Mason University.edu, and you can see all the work we've got going on. Matthew, thanks so much for the insight. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, the big round of voting known as Super Tuesday is, of course, behind the Democratic presidential candidates. Another round of voting is just ahead. We'll get past the talking points in a few minutes right here on American Viewpoints. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo GOAT, G-O-A-T, acronym, stands for greatest of all time, as in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner. They're my fave. Dad. You're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Did you like what you heard on the show? Or did my guest get it totally wrong? Or maybe I got it wrong. Either way, hear it again and share our discussions through the American Viewpoints podcast. I'm Mike Ferguson, and every segment of this show is posted as a podcast. Find it on Simplecast or Spotify, Radio Public, iHeart, or pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. A new podcast is posted every Monday through Thursday, so subscribe and keep the conversation going.